0: Dear, dear, did you, did you see that uh, see that story in the paper for me?
1: Not read the article, not read the article. The headline was a bit uh, terrifying. Oh. Bloody homosexuals going round stopping people from breathing, apparently.
0: Yes, and I imagine. I Again, I've not read the full article yet. I imagine putting hands round throats in order to stop the airflow, one I imagine. I
1: would have thought so. Terrifying business, terrifying, terrifying. Mm. Mm. Oh. I um
0: I I must apologise I've just oh. realized. I, I think we've misread the headline. It's oh, um oh. It, it's it's not, not a queer and pleasant strangler, oh. it's it's the queer and pleasant strangers. Oh. Still ruddy
1: terrifying. I don't know who had ones all right. I'd give her one. More. <laughs> if she was consenting.
2: Greetings Strangers Queer and Pleasant, I'm not Laura Kate Dale
3: And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet, and welcome back to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers That podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and do silly skits And all sorts of silly nonsense and things
2: That sounds like a good show, let's listen to that
3: Yeah, let's listen to, you know what, let's let's make an episode of that show now So that we can listen to it when it comes out Sounds good How has your week been?
2: What did we do this week? Um, Um, Oh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a good
3: weekend. We got very drunk.
2: You got very drunk? had some wine, too. <laughs> that is correct. I had some wine. I was in no way drink and drunk and at no point drunk. <laughs> I disagree, but maybe that's just my drunk, drunk drunk, brain interpreting. You got stuck in
3: Sherry
1: Lady's voice for about an hour. This
2: is terribly <laughs> dreadful. What voice was our friend doing? Were they were doing a voice for a while. Uh, Colin got involved in that, too. He was yeah. sort of
3: joining in. We, uh-huh. we, we spent a while doing voices while having drinks and playing board games. It was quite a fun night drank many wine. It is the sort of night where at least one person in our group fell asleep on the sofa, which by my book is a good kind of night. To be fair, that she has had been working very hard saving all the aminals. Saving all of the aminals. Yeah. No aminals left unsaved. We had we had a f- interesting afternoon trying to find vegan wines in a in a wine shop that was not good with
2: labelling its vegan wines. Some of these are vegetarian, I'll show you. Right, well, I've just checked on Barnivore, and they're totally not.
3: Yeah, we... Oh, well, I'll
2: just check another
3: one. (laughs) The ones that we found that turned out to be vegan were not labelled as vegetarian.
2: No. And the ones
3: that were labelled vegetarian were not vegan. It Mm. was an interesting experience. We found a red and a white in the end. Indeed, but...
2: You know, why do they need to put fucking egg in wine anyway, or fish guts? Oh, not always, we
3: just occasionally use, uh, we'll use As egg in wine. part of the clarifying process. So, so if you buy this bottle of wine, it might be vegan, it might not. Just take a roll of the dice. It's like vegan Russian roulette. Yes, where the, the, there is a 50-50 chance you might pull the trigger and that animal might get hurt. It's not a very good game. I don't like that game. Okay, I pet I pet you on the head. No animals, got hurt. it's
2: all good. We got we got the good wines. We got the good ones. Uh, I'm still reveling from the news that uh, plants are, are, are communicating with each other and have regional accents and, and so on and so, plants and so forth. Plants have regional accents, apparently, according to some botanist. it's it's, it's a terrifying bit of news because I'll have nothing left to eat.
3: There's there's a certain degree of like. There was a joke that the Simpsons made maybe two decades ago that always sticks in my head, and it's Lisa Simpson has a crush on a boy, and he says at some point, "I'm I'm now a level five vegan. I don't eat anything that casts a shadow," and I'm like, "That's a joke, but oh god, what if we learn plants have feelings?
2: Oh no! Well, there's that um that weird group of alleged breatharians. <laughs> I think." Most of them are lying. I think probably they're all lying, but is this... I don't know if you know about these no, people. what is they, this? They claim that they survive on, on faith and, and and the air that we breathe. I they, think... They require no food to survive. I think that is very much a lie, and if you locked
3: them in a sealed room, they would die.
2: You, you get a lot of kids that hear about these people, and they end up killing themselves by not eating. Yeah. Um, People with body dysmorphia to start with, and then um, it just, just obviously just sort of spirals from that. And then you get these these people that claim to be sort of, oh, I'm a model and a breatharian. I I, do, I need no sustenance. Yes. I've not eaten for years. Everyone,
3: food is important. Humans are animals. We require food. If you can be more ethical in your choices you make, that's great. If you can't, then don't. Please don't stop eating. No, indeed. Indeed. So doesn't It doesn't
2: should... matter if you have a bit of squish.
3: Exactly. Right, should we talk about some things from our week?
2: Well, is that not what we were already doing? I think so. Should we, should we do one of them topics, what well, we normally we've, do? We've, we've hinted already at things that were played. Yeah, shall we talk about what we played this week? Let's talk about some... Uh, shall we start with board games? We
3: can do board games. Uh, we played some more of one that we played last week. We played more of that... uh Sunken Treasures. Sunken Treasures. That uh, definitely works with more than two mm. people. Yes, but
2: as usual with Clank, you have the fact that there's only two of each viable uh, item, apart from the, the crowns in in the marketplace. So with Sunken Treasure, you have the thing where you, you have the scuba gear, and you can get through certain passages uh, by having that, or, or risk the fact that you're going to have to use double movement to get through there. So if two people have taken the uh the scuba gear, then uh yeah well, you're in a bit of trouble there. What,
3: what I will say is I think that it does help the Clank formula that now there are three different buyable things, uh, like big, helpful regression ones. You now have mm-hmm. the key and the backpack and the scuba gear, mm-hmm. and it's unlikely that you're going to get two people making it straight to the shop with enough to buy all three things. Yeah. So, even if, let's say that the scuba gears both get bought, that does leave like okay, there's backpacks and keys, and that opens up some avenues that oh, I guess I'll go do that while they're off scuba diving. Mm. Yeah. So I think I think that it helps to have more of those things, mm. even if they're still just as limited mm. for the specific item. Yes. Yeah. It was it was a
2: good game. Was, I had a lot of fun. It was. I still want to play that one with the app.
3: Yeah, we need to do that. Maybe we'll do that a night this week after work. You'll
2: have to pry Hyrule Warriors out of my cold, dead hands.
3: <laughs> well, we beat the story mode, so I think like we can probably find an evening to play something else soon.
2: Yes, soon. Do you want to talk about Hyrule Warriors? I want to play Hyrule Warriors. If if, you if I didn't w- love our audience so much, I would I wouldn't be here now. If,
3: if if you want, we can go get the switch, and you can sit and play it while we
2: record because. There will be no Wii recording. <laughs> there have been me be swearing at various <laughs> members of the Legend of Zelda. I'm, crew. I'm not gonna lie. There have
3: been times I've
2: played games. While recording podcasts, I know, and I don't know how you do it. I don't, don't have the ability to, to switch between things like that. <laughs>
3: but yeah, you've been you've been playing a lot of Hyrule Warriors this week. We've we've played it together a fair amount. We, we have. We
2: we eventually found out how to co-op in that game.
3: It's it's a game <laughs> that like we I would come down in the morning at eight eight a.m. and find that you'd already been playing it for a few hours.
2: Yeah, it's, to be fair, I've not been sleeping very well recently, so. Yeah.
3: You, you, you are totally right what you were saying about the co-op. Uh-huh. It is, does not make sense how you find co-op in that game. No. Do, do you want to play sc- split-screen co-op? Well, um.
2: Select your level then, pressing the L button.
3: Uh, the, 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 the L3, the left stick. Yeah. Yeah, you click in the left stick for some reason on the level
2: select screen. Then it'll bring up your, um, Connect controllers thing, and that's every time. So you can play yeah. through a level, and it'll be like, "So you want to do co-op again?" Well, you, you know the drill, right? And <laughs> it led to me kept keep sort of going. Oh well, you know we've we've done that, and let's go into the next level. Oh wait, I have to go back and yeah, and we, get you back in. It
3: doesn't remember that you're playing. Like you can't go. Okay, we want to play the story mode on co-op, and then it'll default to co-op. It it's weird. Like, player two can't do any of the selection of like who they're gonna play as, what item they're gonna use. Player one has to do all
2: that. And and even if player one has different controls, player two can't change their oh, own yeah. controls. Player two can't tweak their controls, so I was having
3: to mentally switch. You controls. were using the
2: the, high, the the Warriors uh mode controls and I was using the Zelda style controls. Yeah, it was all a bit confusing, but should we talk a bit more generally about what this is for anyone who doesn't know? Okay, it's another Warriors game from Koei Tecmo.
3: Yeah, uh, if anyone has never played one of the Warriors games, it's sort of action combat where it's like, we're going to throw, throw hundreds of troops at you, and most of them will be piss weak. Mm-hmm. And then like, in each of these like bases, there'll be one like kind of tougher enemy that has a health bar, and then on each like map, they'll be like, okay, here's like two or three actually tough enemies to go fight.
2: And this is a standard formula that they have shoved into, what, eight, nine now main series uh, Dynasty Warriors games. Plus then a couple of Nintendo spin offs. There's been, yes, so there's what's uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, now yep. Hyrule, uh, uh, Hyrule uh, Warriors Definitive Edition and it's... and the previous edition and then we had AOT. Uh, oh yeah.
3: Attack, also... Attack on Titans kind of different in that it's the only one that's not button mash against a bunch of useless mm. enemies like it there's does a bit more to it. There's a bit more to it. You swing around a battlefield with um these like weird like Spider-Man machines mm. and slice things next. Like I would say Attack on Titans kind of in a different category, but
2: and then uh Dragon Quest Heroes.
3: Oh yes. But, like, the big thing is basically just you play as a bunch of Zelda series characters, beat up a bunch more Zelda series characters, feel like a bit of a badass. And it, it's just a bit of power fantasy, isn't it? It's just sort of... Yeah. Be Link, smack down a bunch of, of Moblins, there's Goma, beat up Goma. Yep. Um, I absolutely hecking love Linkle, and I want
2: Linkle to have her own game. Yep. I think Link Linkle. I I hope Nintendo adopts Linkle. Yeah, awesome.
3: Linkle is. I think canonically in Hyrule Historia referenced as Link's sister, oh. in some timeline. But like basically picture female young Link with crossbows instead of sword, a
2: cloak instead of a tunic, and uh, very similar to the sort of like hooded
3: Very similar to like Breath of the Wild cloaked hood look,
2: mm-hmm. but in green. Two wielding repeating crossbows.
3: Yeah, she's just like I won't, I won't be the true hero of the people, and she gets everywhere a bit late, but she still ends up saving a lot of people. Yeah, she... and, and I li- I liked her first mission with all the cocos. Oh goodness, yeah. I I think like Link is the hero of like the time stream and everything. But
2: Linkle's the hero of the people! Linkle is your friendly neighbourhood, Linkle. Yeah.
3: Gal. She, she go and go and save all the, like, people that, like, Link, Link at some point will be like, okay, I'm done here, I saved the day, and run off, and there's still a bunch of enemies everywhere, and I'm Link- I'm off to Termina, bye! And then Link will turn up, and, and Linkle will turn up and go, oh, Link left behind a bunch of enemies, it's alright, I'll save you all!
2: I will attack their weak points for massive damage. Yeah,
3: she's very cute, and I want her to have her own game. Yes. But- Several. The whole oh, yeah. But there's so much game in Hyrule Warriors, isn't there?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've played it pretty much constantly uh, for, what, four or five days now?
3: Yeah, it's been every evening and every, every morning evening, before uh, work. Yeah, and I've been
2: taking my Switch to work. So yeah, it's been several lunch breaks. Yeah.
3: It's, we, we started playing uh, Life is Strange Before the Storm. We played, <laughs> we played one episode, <laughs> and I don't know when I'm going to get to go back to that, because... Um, I was very much enjoying. Before I'm very the Storm, much enjoying it, but, but it's
2: not Zelda. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't know how much of this is just. I, because... I want to get back to it. I really do. I, we will continue. I, I promise. The, the
3: thing for me is, I don't know how much of this is just because I already played through this whole game on the Wii U and then Fair. played some more of it on the 3DS. Like, Fair. I'm enjoying playing it with you, but I really fucking love that first episode of Before the Storm. I'm like,
2: I want to I want to get back to my my, my lesbian drama angst. <laughs> well, we. We we could set it up on one of the other (laughs) rigs. I know, but... Massive violence on one screen. Cute, adorable teen lesbians
3: on the other. If we're going to play Life is Strange, I want to play it together.
1: Uh, We we will be sitting next to each other. (laughs) Well,
3: we've done four or five days of Hyrule Warriors. Can we at some point soon go back to Life is Strange for, like, one evening? And then go back to Hyrule Warriors.
2: Okay, I mean I'm on adventure mode now, so I guess it's probably going to take a little while to work. I, out. I I think that might take a while.
3: Maybe maybe adventure mode can be your like by your solo gaming for a bit, and like, we can go back to Life is Strange for a bit.
2: I'm happy to do some more Liffy Strang. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I tend to find this with games I like anyway. I I, I just get stuck in them, like Xenoblade Chronicles. I. I think I sunk something like 160 hours into that. If, here's the thing. If it's a new game I've not played through
3: before, totally agree with you. I think... Again, I have to like acknowledge, I think some of why you're more like hooked on this right now than I am is I've played it like one and a half times before. But I do agree with you. It's a heckin' good game. But you said you didn't do much of Adventure Mode. I didn't do much of Adventure Mode. It just didn't super appeal to me. I, I, I felt that... Adventure modes, like, top-down 8-bit map, I didn't entirely understand from the menu screen what it was trying to present to me. I think and I've got it now. I, I just didn't quite get it, and I was like, you know what, I had fun with the story. I'm, I'm I. Uh, it's kind of the nature of my work. I have to move on from stuff at some point, and I was like, mm. I don't understand this adventure mode, really, so I'm just going to move on from it and play
2: something that I understand. I'll briefly explain adventure mode as I understand it. Um, So you have, uh, in the first map... Of about 8 to 10, I think. (laughs) Um, You have the original uh, Zelda map uh, from uh, Legend of Zelda. You uh, go through screen by screen and each one will have individual challenges. Uh, Things like um, you have to kill 300 enemies. You have to score an A rank, which means taking very limited... Uh, damage or uh, or no damage at all and doing it within a time frame that will award you extra things that might be extra hearts for the characters that will be persistent which might be good if you want to go through on hard mode and get the rest of the damn sculptures <laughs> um and it's, it's just a little sort of adventure to unlock more characters more weapons and things like that so there is is, is there is a Button ton of game and uh, like I said I think there's ab- about eight of those maps to get through and I am I think maybe 10% of the way through the first one I don't know if I will bother doing all of them but I'm enjoying what I've had so far now that I've sort of got the gist of it you get um compasses and you can explore things and it will flag up things on the map like hey do something to this bush and, and you might find a thing so you get then a candle and you burn down the bush and there is um a, a flight of stairs as you would find in the original Zelda and then you uh, will will go in and and do that level having unlocked that thing and before you know it you are uncovering even more cool extra stuff to take forward be that again extra lie, extra hearts or gold sculpturers, so that you can unlock bits of uh, illustrations. To there, there seems to be something in the region of about 16 different illustrations that you collect in individual uh, squares, like one of those big sticker book um, collage things. <laughs> it is a bit like that. It's a bit like collecting stickers. Got, got needs what? <laughs> but None of that. No duplicates. That mm-hmm. helps.
3: So yeah. yeah, uh, anything else you want to say about Hyrule Warriors before we move on? I fucking love Hyrule Warriors. I am always a big fan of Zelda stuff, mm-hmm. and I was very into, oh, I get to play as Ganondorf, I get to play as Princess Ruto, I get to play as this character, oh, I get to play as that
2: character. Mm-hmm. I quite liked playing as Geary. I... I Oh, Hulkirahim was fun. I played as Zant this morning, that's quite funny.
3: Yeah, it's very it's, floppy. I very much, <laughs> I very much enjoy getting to see what it feels like to play
2: as these characters yeah. that we've seen from other perspectives. Uh, Darunia, who's really slow. <laughs> um, the King of Red Lions, who sometimes turns into a boat as a super move <laughs> and does tidal wave over people and then hit, just brains people with the fucking sail from Wind Waker. <laughs> um, there's, the music's incredible. I love fast guitar versions. Yeah, lots
3: of fast guitar-driven
2: rock covers of Zelda tunes. It's good. I like that game. Just towards the end of the adventure mode, we got the Wind Waker stuff. So there was like the original Wind Waker theme, really fucking driving guitar on that. So loving
3: that. So yeah, shall we move on to another game?
2: Oh, I've, never I've thing forgotten all the other things that I've played. Should I week.
3: talk about the thing that we both played this week? Yeah. Uh, during the evening of drinking, we mm. played some Bucket of Doom. We did play some Bucket of Doom. Yeah, Bucket of Doom was good. We had some silly fun with that. We did. For, for anyone who's not played it, you you have you have a deck of cards that are all scenarios, and it might be something like, you're falling out of a plane towards the ground, and you have to work out, like how you're going to survive that situation, and you have a handful of useless items, and basically you have to explain to the rest of the people playing, this is how I'm going to use this useless item I have. This is my bullshit explanation of how it's going to save me in this scenario. How
2: will you MacGyver your way out of this shit?
3: Yeah, and it's it seemed like a good game to play at like a nice level of, like, we've had some drinks. It It was very silly, and it had a nice fast pace to it, I felt. You got any thoughts on Bucket of Doom? Um, it's alright. Um,
2: it's. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Maybe with more people, and maybe if I wasn't nearly asleep from a very long day. And <laughs> that's, that's fair. I'm sleeping well. <sighs> um, no, I, I liked it. It's uh, less offensive Cards Against Humanity. No well, one has to get hurt.
3: I, I think there's two things that make it work better than Cards Against Humanity. One of them, you totally nailed, it's less just shock humour as they're like, "Ah, I played the rude card. But I think it also works because rather than just have just the card in your hand, you've got room to explain your reasoning. So if you have a hand that's like, nothing in this is good, it's like, no, something in that card could be good if you come up with enough bullshit.
2: Exactly, and also you've got the the fact that all those cards are two sided. So yes, you have a card a hand of ten, but you've got twenty potential options. Exactly, and if you can't find one from that, you're a bit screwed.
3: Exactly, and every turn when you pick up a new card because it's double sided, every turn you're getting two new things to play oh. with. It it feels a lot less like oh I don't have a funny card, therefore I'm not going to win. It's like no 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 okay if you if you get creative, you can make anything win. Oh.
2: So yeah, that 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 was a lot of fun. I, I quite enjoyed the ones that your MCM crew had um oh, modified, improved. We had some custom cards. <laughs> that even um, you didn't remember having happened. Yeah, Just... I don't
3: remember this having happened. Like, I I assume it must have been my convention group of people because they're the only group of people I regularly hang out with who might have written the card "Daddy's Cummies. <laughs> which I won <laughs> with. Yeah, it's it's very hard to beat Daddy's Cummies. It's, especially if that's God. <laughs> if that Daddy is God. Oh God, that was that was an interesting explanation
2: you gave. That what was very. How would you escape from crucifixion?
3: <laughs> yes, crucifixion. Um, yeah, are Jesus. Your dad is God, therefore daddy's cummies rain down to
2: save you. And their magnificence and glory destroys everything. Ah, <laughs> uh,
3: that was that was a thing. Um, Have you played anything else this week? We played some King of Tokyo. <gasps> yeah, we... No, I'm still... Not, not sold on that. No. So we, we tried playing this before in two-player and... Yeah, that doesn't work in two-player. In, in two-player there's just not enough incentive to leave Tokyo. Nope. And we played with more people and there was more of a back and forth of
2: like, okay, I see why I would want to leave mm. Tokyo. And then there was about 30 minutes of two people who had been knocked out and the remaining two people were just playing together while the other two yeah. had just a nice chat.
3: Yeah. We played
2: some <laughs> binding of Isaac on oh, the yeah. switch. Um,
3: yeah. That's kind of the problem with this game is if one person gets knocked out, they just have nothing to do for the rest of the game. Mm. And with a group of four, Very quickly, one person was out, Mm -hmm. and I didn't realise at the time that when I knocked him out that, like, oh, he's gonna have nothing to do now. Mm -hmm. And then I felt really bad. I was like, I should have not done the winning move. (laughs) I should have not played the
2: game. Indeed, because playing the game made it less fun for the group as a whole. Yeah, I can see why there are so many second-hand copies of that on eBay.
3: Yeah, King of Tokyo is one that I hear a lot of praise for, and I just don't quite get it. Maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I'm missing some. Maybe I'm playing with the wrong group of people, and if I played with, like, a group that, like, really got the game, I might understand Mm. how to get it, but yeah, it's I'm I'm glad I now know how it's played, but it's just not quite clicking for me. Mm. No. So yeah, uh, should we talk about another thing? You played anything else? Uh,
2: we've sort of mentioned one other thing anyway. We kind of mentioned Life is Strange.
3: Yeah, have we talked about that on the podcast. Before?
2: I can't remember. We well, played some Life is Strange before the storm.
3: Yes, uh, like the original Life is Strange is an episodic series about a girl that like discovers she has the power to rewind time, and then it's like, what do you do with superpowers? Here's a hint. Probably try and be really gay with someone. Save your autumn awesome blue head friend. Yeah. Cough, cough, girlfriend. They're pretty gay.
2: To be fair, she has just lost her actual girlfriend. You say
3: just. The timetable is ambiguous.
2: I got the impression that since there were still so many uh, missing posters up in the original Life is Strange, that Amber and... Hadn't been gone... and no, it had been gone a while, but not, like, a super long time.
3: I got the impression, because no one but uh, but Chloe was still, like, looking, that this had been, like, quite a long time, and that she was the only one still paying attention, because she's hella gay for her. But... So, yeah. I don't so, think yeah. you should be... I don't think Mag should be muscling in on the... I... I very much like their interactions, and I like the ending I got where they were gay together. But my my point <laughs> was, yeah. So the original game is superpowers mm. and homosexual
2: overtones or undertones. And now it's backchatting people.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> this this uh, before the storm is a prequel that takes place before the original game. It's again five episodes plus a little bonus story, mm. and.
2: Yeah, what did we do in the first episode? We we, we went to a club we shouldn't have been at. Yep,
3: yeah, we, we 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 underage talked our way into like a dingy club, um, like rock night Pushed in, in, the in place a warehouse. By a drug kicked him in the crotch. Kicked him in the crotch.
2: Um, flirted with a girl. We sat on a train with that that girl we like. Yeah, watching the nature go by. We had our moment of sitting there just going, this is all we could have achieved if A, we'd met younger and were more closely aged and, because otherwise that would have been really weird, <laughs> um, and, and, uh, um, and had our chance to sort of be tiny, adorable teenage
3: lesbians together. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. There's no limit on these things. I think we're doing the adorable teen lesbian thing, like, we're just doing it like a decade or two
2: later than expected. That's a fairly typical typical trans trope, really, isn't it? Yeah, You're no. doing all those things that teenage girls do, yes, because we never got the fucking chance. We're, we're, yeah. ha- we're like it's a up.
3: decade or two late. We're having our our lesbian teen years. Exactly. Um, yeah, and we
2: also played some. We played some D and D with some people. It was fucking great. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was awesome. I hope that in future chapters we will get to hang out with them again. Yeah. didn't do So yeah, it. There wasn't anything particularly, like,
3: ground-shattering in that first episode. It's not like Life is Strange, the original game, where the first episode ends with, like, you've got superpowers, and what are going to do with that, and how do we go forward? It was just nice slices, like a slice-of-life drama. Mm. And I really liked that. It's
2: very wholesome. Yeah,
3: and I like the back-chatting system you were mentioning before, mm. where it's like, the adult of authority in front of you will say something and then you have to pick like what's the smart ass teenage response I can say to like
2: ah, fucking owned you. And sometimes they're really obvious like you know you do whatever these you you take their words and just twist them back at them And, and which was very easy on the bouncer at the very beginning but I get the feeling that was supposed to be Introductory and tutorial. Possibly, but, um, but I very I much think done alright apart from most of those. It
3: it was a nice addition to that sort of like narrative choice gameplay system. Mm, I think definitely added something. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm just seeing if I played anything else. Oh, I did play one other thing this week. Uh I played a game called Forgotten Anne. Which Tell
2: me about forgotten Anne.
3: So Forgotten Anne is on paper, like the the basic pitch is it's a platforming adventure game. You go around, talk to people, solve some puzzles, keep going. Mm. I I want to say very little about this game, because I think kind of what makes it great is not knowing too much about it going in, mm. but it is an interesting game about memory and loss and the things that we do and don't know and why it can sometimes be beneficial to to learn things, but there is, you know, ignorance is bliss, and sometimes like you'd rather not know something even if it's helpful to know. Mm. Uh the plot is set in a world that is there's only two humans, and it's basically the world where all of your lost forgotten items go. So like, you lose that sock, you don't know where it is anymore. It's it, it becomes a forgotling. It lives in this world of the forgotten items. It wasn't and there's a mother dryer. No, if you if you lose it completely it ends up in the f- the f- world of the Forgotten as a Forgotling, and basically living inanimate objects that have all been forgotten and lost, they have personalities that reflect the item they are and the person who owned them, and it's just a lot of interesting interactions with these items that know that they've been forgotten by someone that once you know cared for them. It's a very powerful game, quite short, Um, like you could probably do it in one sitting. And I don't want to say too much more about it, because not knowing everything about it is a big part of why it works. Um, There are things that I went and I did a second playthrough and was like, ah, I was unaware of this the first time. That, That impacts the way I view this now. So, yeah, I wrote a thing on Kotaku UK about Forgotten Anne. If you want to know more, go read that, and that will talk a little bit about, like, what the game does that's interesting that you maybe don't want to know about. But if you trust my judgment, just check it out, maybe. So, yeah. Have you played anything else?
2: My list says no. Well, let's assume
1: no. So, now this... (gasps) All right, all right. So we, uh, uh, you, some of you may have heard the government have been caught uh, fiddling expenses again. They are massively uh, uh, hurting the poor. A uh, few few new laws being sort of stealthily introduced this week. But uh, uh, so we, we, what we're looking for is a celebrity who might have done something a little bit uh, a little bit weird that we can try and cover all that up with.
3: What? What? Um, I'm, I'm
1: sorry. I'm, I know I'm just the intern, but what? Well, you know, the the government do something bad, yeah. and we bury it under some some ridiculous but, nonsense but, trash just to distract everyone. But, but why? Well, you, you what, what? don't want everyone knowing that the the, the the people in charge are doing an awful awful job and and, what, and hurting you, everyone. Isn't in that our job? We 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 we're the we the British press. We just cover up all the horribleness but, but with if, more horribleness. If your job is to sell papers,
2: because
1: because you yeah, got stories, cause scandals, cause you, celebrity scandals, just, just, that
2: cause.
3: Calls, cause is, aren't you supposed to sell them by having interesting stories people want to read? Yeah, like, like the stories
1: that you're covering up. Well, they make people unhappy, but people like laughing at. Celebrity who was having a bad time on drugs, and uh, we managed to take some very uh, unflattering photos of. Well, well,
3: maybe maybe do the important news and put that at the end to cheer them up afterwards if you have to. Maybe, but we, 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 we maybe maybe,
1: we maybe you do the important off.
3: stuff and then put the silly. Maybe. Yeah,
1: I mean, we, we could have uh, what's that stuff that um we could have some of that integrity. Remember when we we're not well? I remember when I started doing. Doing the writing stuff we, we used to think about important things that mattered to people rather than just worthless took that kept everyone distracted that, that doesn't seem right does it? nah nah
0: definitely didn't
1: happen in my lifetime well I guess we'll, we'll do that then Uh headline government absolutely awful evil people destroying the lives of sick disabled uh, all sorts: elderly, young, poor, anyone—basically not over fifty, white, and already mega-rich. I don't think these new things are going
3: to catch on.
1: Probably not. Anyway, who's done drugs this week? Let's let's have them. Hey, wait,
2: I'll well, no, there's the celebrities. Hello and welcome to the British. A board of educatory subjects. Today we will show a new series of informational films featuring what is a slur.
3: Now you might have been hearing about slurs recently in the news. You might be wondering what is a slur and what is not a slur. Well, we're not going to give specific examples, but we're going to talk about the generalizations here. A slur is a term derogatory in nature which is used by oppressive groups to negatively refer to a group with less systematic power. Sometimes they are used to reinforce negative ideas about a particular group or to reinforce that there is a power difference between the two. What is not a slur is Using an accurate term to refer to a group that has systematic power in this word is never used as a way to make them feel scared for their own safety. So, for example, gender is not a slur. It is a descriptive term used by a minority group towards a group with more
2: systematic power. Indeed, and it is also helpful to remember that cis, and indeed its opposite, trans, come from the same Latin root. Indeed! Now you know, now you know, descriptive
3: terms about your your group which are uh, are very very much accurate and descriptive are very different to a word deliberately used to cause offence and upset toward a minority group. Do not use slurs. If you are asked by a
2: minority group not to use a slur, do not fucking use it. Indeed. Remember, wherever possible, and indeed it is always possible, Avoid fatphobia, transphobia, homophobia, racism, biphobia, islamophobia, panphobia, anti-semitism, general sizism. Pretty much all of the things that you can be shitty to someone over. Criticising people who are super-rich does not count, but oh. impressing a minority. They have a fucking lot of money, I'm sure they'll be fine. They have enough power to support themselves. Plus, they can wipe their tears with their trillions and billions of ill-gotten... <laughs> dollars. Oh, I've started ranting again. <laughs> oh, I very much enjoy your rants, dear. Yes.
0: Um, yes, this has been a very important
2: <laughs> educational,
0: uh, educational... ...that, that our boss has definitely signed off on and we didn't just record on our lunch break. Oh, shit, we're coming out. Oh, sure, shit, shit. Sure, <laughs> so... What have you put
2: in your eyes this week? Ooh, well, I watched a video on YouTube, uh, called Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Sexualisation, a case study. This, this was from that YouTuber, what seemed really woke. They seemed relatively woke. That was, uh, it was, it was good. I, I, we, we sort of started watching it together because it, I, I think we were exporting last week's episode or something. Yeah. And um yeah, it's really well put together. It's quite uh, insightful and they they bring up some of the obviously cultural issues that come with things like uh well, generally sort of JRPGs like it's a complaint made of a lot of JRPGs that a lot of the female characters are overly sexualized. Um and it is particularly the case in in Xenoblade like I don't they're they're of the of all the rare blades, all the rare unique blades, and indeed most of the, f- the female characters in that game, there are very few of them with breasts smaller than most the average person's head, uh, which is is potentially uncomfortable. Certainly, I mean, I've only got sea clubs and I can't jog without a bra on. Um, I mean, I can, but it'd be very uncomfortable. <laughs> Either that or that awkward run-crossed-arms thing. Um, yeah, it's it was a very interesting case study. They brought up some of the stuff about um Poppy and and how creepy some of that stuff is. Um, it is on. Uh, L-U-D-I-S-C-E-R-E, uh, their channel on YouTube. So that's definitely worth yeah. a check out. I didn't see the whole video, but what I saw was really good, and I definitely want to like put the whole thing on over lunch someday mm. this week. There is a, there is a, a, an excellent clench moment about 20 minutes in where they start talking about Gamergate and Anita Sarkeesian. And we both sat there on, on <laughs> Sunday morning just going...
3: Furr. There are, there are very few times that guys talk about Gamergate and I don't just go, oh, no, don't Run do away. this. And I was like, Mmm, you've uh, you, you done all right there. I know, shocker, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anything else? Uh, or should I talk about? I think, I, think? I think you should do
2: one. I'll do
3: one. What, what, so you, what you watch. I'm going to mention one very briefly. Um, I'm going to mention Brooklyn Nine-Nine because the, the stuff that happened around Steph it. Stuff happened. Yeah, so... Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a show we've been watching and enjoying for a Mm. while. We'll just, like, put an episode on while we have dinner or something. Mm. Um, It is a police sitcom that, like... While I don't always agree with the police or the things they choose to do, it is an amusing sitcom that does very well at, like, diversity stuff. Mm. Um, I've, I've said this a few times in a few places, but... It's one of the few comedy shows I can think of where you don't just have one token person of minority groups. Mm. Like, you you have multiple non-white characters, multiple primary female characters, multiple non-straight characters. For any minority demographic that's being represented, you have more than one character, meaning that one character doesn't have to be like, oh... You represent all homosexuals, for example. It's like, no, you don't have to represent all of them because there are there's more than one of you. Um, i I also love that like very much the they walk the line very well of these character traits being present and canonical and routinely coming up for understandable reasons but not being what defines the character in the rest of their interactions. Yeah,
2: like you have the chief who is um, um, a married gay man, um, and he brings up his husband in the way that any character in any sitcom might mention their spouse. Yeah, like... Um, it's it's nice that that's not uh, hammered yeah. in, but at the same time it is it does exist in a, hey, this hurts no it, one, and... It,
3: yeah, like, it comes up, like, he will bring up the fact that he's a gay black police officer who came up in the force in, like, the 70s and 80s, oh. because sometimes it is relevant to the discussion. Yes. But, like, the primary character, uh, Jake Peralta... Oh. That's not why he thinks the the chief is badass. He thinks he's a badass because he's basically the summary of like every 80s action movie. It's like, "Oh, you had a really cool badass past. That's why I think you're cool." Mm. And this show is really good. It's got mm. 5 seasons so far. Yeah. And it got canceled by Fox.
2: Out of nowhere. Yeah, but Fox her arse awesome.
3: Yeah, they've cancelled some like legitimately good shows before for like no reason. Mm. Um they apparently cancelled Brooklyn nine nine so they could bring back some sitcom I have some of Tim account. Allen thing that I've never heard of that like did not look great. And within like hours
2: of it getting cancelled, there were like three or four <laughs> networks that were like don't we'll worry, have it. We'll, we'll have it, we'll have it. And It ended up, I think, NBC. I think NBC got it. I know Netflix were yeah. very interested. It, I think Hulu were interested. Yeah, it, it took less than two days of it being cancelled
3: for another network to get interested, contact the people, buy the rights and
2: confirm yes we bought it. Yeah, I'd only heard about it getting cancelled the morning that I then heard out later that afternoon that it had been picked up.
3: Yeah, it... <laughs> Fox let go of a piece of gold right there. They don't care about queer people. <laughs> they they really don't. They're the worst <laughs> network to have had um, to have had Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
2: It's well, I'm very glad that they gave it a chance to be there for five seasons.
3: Yeah. it It is a show that, like, it's my template for, like, okay, this is how you can do a comedy that has a diverse cast. Mm. Not make it about diversity, but also not offend people that, like, are in those diverse groups. Like, they're the example. Whenever people are like, oh, we can't do comedy about anything anymore. You're not letting us have any kind of... Why can't we have gay characters and trans characters in, in a thing and
2: laugh? You can, and, just and don't like them... them. <laughs> Don't don't make the don't. fact they're gay or trans the joke. Yeah, don't make the whole punchline, ha ha, they're different from us. Yeah, you you can laugh at those characters if they do something funny, not for for their very existence. Because uh. that makes you a
3: dick. So <laughs> we 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 watched more of that. We had like a day where we were like, oh, we're gonna have to slow down our watching because they're, they're not making anymore, mm. and you know we've got to space
2: these remaining episodes out. oh not to worry. Oh, I I it's all good. All well, good. to be fair, I'm only I'm, I'm, I'm on my first view through. I imagine you've seen it a couple of times. I've yeah. seen it a few times. It's I'm only two and a half seasons through. So we're halfway through season two. Oh yeah, so well. So way.
3: yeah, we've got like multiple seasons to go. We're all oh, good. to go. Yeah, I'm I'm well stocked for Brooklyn 9 It's it's just just like nice easy viewing over dinner.
2: Yeah. So yeah, what about you? You put anything else in your eyes? I started reading Kin by Story Chris Jensen. Ooh heck, tell us about about this book. It's a Viking murder mystery. Um about a a big Viking family. The 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 children are coming together for the first time and they're sort of they've been introduced as some of some of them have been quite um Vicious and violent in the past to each other, sibling rivalry on a Viking scale, <laughs> and um, the the sort of the great father of this house is uh, a huge, great bear of a man, and is uh, apparently his his wife is is very much sort of quite capable of putting him in his place, um, <laughs> and and so far I'm sort of only a few pages, yeah, probably about. A third, um probably about a fifth of the way into the book but it's still introducing characters they're all very interesting and i spotted a joke in there
1: that <laughs> apparently
2: i am the first person is, to notice there is, is, is a this... what did, what does the fox say <laughs> what what did the fox say um it's it's really done quite subtly it's a, <laughs> a small child has is one of the family a member of one of the families that sort of come together for this sort of big family reunion. And there she is sitting on the, the the grandfather's knee. She says, now I'm going to tell you about the difference between foxes and wolves. And she's, she's going on and on and on. And then sort of pans to another sort of part of, of the room. And there's sort of other characters having this interaction. And and then there's just this massive laugh from the other end of the, the hall. And the little girl's going, no, I'm deadly serious. And he says, yes, of course. I'm sure that's exactly what the fox says. <laughs> I texted the author and I was like, um, um is that what does the fox say? And he's like, oh my God, somebody finally got it. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really liking that book. I, I liked the, the previous three books, um, which were also about Vikings. Um, with a name like Snorri, I think you have to tell Viking stories. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so if you like slightly cinematic Viking, um, slaughter fests, then the, the Valhalla saga is, is pretty good. That starts with Swords, swords of Good Men. And Kin is a slightly more sedate, um uh, view or one of the side characters, uh, who is the adopted daughter of this family. And, uh, there's gonna be a murder.
4: A murder! A um, murder!
2: <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really digging that, but damn you Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay. I, I want to play Luffy's Dragon. I want to read the book, but uh, there's there's Hyrule Warriors <laughs> happened, and Zelda will always take precedence.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, I'm now like there's a bit of me that's like, the next time a mainline Zelda game comes out, we are just going to be like hardcore playing that side by side.
2: Pretty much, yeah.
3: It's going to be fun. We're gonna we're gonna play through Skyward Sword together at some point. Yep. Because that's 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 the one to, to go through.
2: I'd like to play Adventure of Link at some point. Like I oh. own it, but I've I, I couldn't work out the controls on the GameCube uh, GameCube version because I got the twenty yeah. yeah anniversary, twenty first anniversary yeah um, CD that that came with Double Dash.
4: Uh, it came with a few things. There it were a few, a few things you get it I think I,
2: I think I got the version that came with Double Dash, and I sold my copy of Double Dash and kept the disc. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I don't know what do you mean by special edition. Um, <laughs> but I've also got the special edition Wind Waker that came with uh, Ocarina and Ocarina Master Quest.
3: Yes. So
2: yes. Mm. Nice.
3: Mm. Yes, we we
2: must play more Zelda's together. We shall indeed.
3: Uh, Should I talk about another thing I put do in it my with eyes? All. Uh, so I watched a thing I've not watched in years just because I was curious how it held up was um My Chemical Romance Life on the Murder Scene okay which was like if you if you think back to the uh 3 cheers for sweet revenge era of My Chemical Romance this was a video documentary they did uh there was a bunch of like video footage from when they were touring on 3 cheers and it's been a long time since I've watched that and it's kind of like bittersweet watching it in hindsight because it's before the band like truly blew up with like big mainstream success like they were still playing a lot of local small venue shows mm. um but a lot of a lot of what gets later talked about by the band in interviews shows up as it's happening in life on the murder scene like particularly mm. Gerard Way's period of of self-medicated drug addiction. Um, what he, he was, like, heavily addicted to cocaine for a while. Like, very, very, it was tearing his life apart, He'll cocaine addicted. That. And a lot of it comes down to, like, he was not prepared for the pressures that, like, his band blowing up would cause, and he just didn't quite know how to cope with it, and he ended up having to go to rehab for a while, and he was, like... He was clearly a person that was, like, battling depression, used his music as, like, a very raw outlet for that. Suddenly the music had to be things more than just his outlet, because obviously, like, he's got an audience, he's signed with a record label, he's got shows to do, he's got to make more music, and it's him, like, putting a lot of this pressure on himself to be more than he could be, and going down a very bad hole, and Mm. having to... Having to sort of dig himself out of it, and does he do imposter syndrome? Oh, big, big heckin' imposter syndrome. Yeah, the coke could probably help with that.
2: Yeah, so yeah, I recommend they... it. But I can, I can.
3: The whole I am, I am amazing. I can do
2: anything. Fuck it, let's do this thing. Um, I think someone best described it to me as I feel relevant, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to talk it's... about me for a very long time. Indeed,
3: <laughs> it's, it's
2: it It can be a
3: thing for that, and I can understand how that could be a big thing for someone that's ended up there, mm. but it's very much like the band blowing up, him ending up having to go to rehab for a while, him coming clean, and sort of the ramp up just before the black parade happened mm. and it's really interesting to see like a lot of a lot of the more how how do I put this? Less raw and more produced sound of something like the Black Parade album very much to me makes sense when you put it in the context of someone who's just come clean off of drug addiction and is now like, mm. I'm not using this as like a raw emotional outlet, I'm slowing down thinking things through a bit more. Mm. It's, it's interesting. I haven't watched it in a long time and it definitely gives some interesting context to the early years of a band that was very different when it started to when it finished um so yeah that that was the thing i've not watched in a while and i very much enjoyed all of the just sort of like clips of small scale my chemical romance shows as someone that's very into that band basement gigs yeah it on on the same note while while i was watching it i did end up putting on while i was working a couple of uh afternoons i have some bootleg dvds of my chemical romance shows i went to um Don't buy bootlegs, support
2: the artist, etc. But to be fair, I think you've spent quite enough money on MCR stuff. (laughs) Uh, Yes, looks (laughs) over
3: to the left where the stack of vinyls are. Um... Among other things, um, you've among been things. I've been to that. a lot of their gigs. I've been to a lot of their gigs. It it's... wasn't like you didn't
2: give them any money. <laughs> no, i i bought I bought bootlegs. got legs... things that you just cannot get any yeah. other way. I
3: bought bootlegs when uh, like legit things didn't exist, like the start of the the, the Danger Days pre show tour when they were like trying out some of the Danger Days tracks before the album came back out. In my head. Oh, sorry. Um, I bought an off-brand hoodie, like a fake hoodie outside that had all the like, tour date names on the back. Uh, fun story, staying to get that hoodie, I missed the last train home from that show, had to sleep outside a train station, very thankful I bought the hoodie, because that was what kept me warm that night. <laughs> but yeah, I just went and back went back and watched the Hammersmith Michael McCrayman's show, where they did like three or four uh, Danger Days tracks before the album came out and the o2 arena show they did that was their first show there after danger days i think i think those are the two i've got bootlegs off both of them were good shows one of them was the only time i've ever seen that band play my favorite song of theirs vampires will never hurt you um it was their like final encore song of the night and i lost my shit i had my moment of like i'm pretty sure that was the last time i saw mcr play together and the last song they played was my favourite of their songs that I'd never heard them play before. Well, that's a way to go out, eh? Yeah, that's that, that was a nice memory to watch that back and be like, Oh yeah, they did vampires. Heck. So, yeah, that was me watching MCR stuff. Nice. What about you? Did you put anything else in your eyes? That's all the things I've put in my eyes this week. I'll very quickly round one off. Then the last thing I put in my eyes was I started watching some Steven Universe again from the beginning.
2: Just just a couple of episodes because um because of thing hmm Stings... maybe next week. I think next week next is week I of think of we're buffer. safe. But well
3: next week we will like give you warning and tell you to skip ahead a few minutes if you don't want to hear it. But
2: but we will talk about the thing that's happened. Recently. The
3: thing in Steven Universe. I'm I'm, I'm starting to slowly rewatch it. And I'm happy to rewatch it with you as well. We'll make it, maybe after Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we'll make that our dinners thing. We'll put episodes on over dinner. But I'm looking out for clues about that thing. So I've watched, like, three episodes. Not seen any yet, but I'm eagle-eyed. I hear there's some in the comic books. I I hear so as well.
2: I need to find out if this is true. Well, I mean, I've seen, like photographs people have taken of of the comic books of a couple of panels that sort of go hmm (laughs) that that." looks like a thing so I mean I've not read the comic books I've heard they were um, more of the same but in a repeating kind of way rather than a new additional content I've
3: I've never felt like I was missing anything out by not having consumed them Mm. so yeah is that a good place for us to move on to this so, we've got some. Um, uh, we've had a lot of luck with Hyrule Warriors.
2: Sure, yeah, just got the uh, Definitive Edition re release coming out in, uh, this week, so I think that's going to go pretty well for people. yeah
3: and we've had uh, Fire Emblem Warriors equally did very well. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, I have a theory on why these titles have done so well, and I'd really like to run this by you, because I think we need sure, to. Uh, sure. We need to settle down on this. So one thing that both of those games have had in common Mm -hmm. that I think really helped them sell was we forced into them a self-insert character that was nothing to do with the the franchise that we were basing the the crossover on, and we made them the most important character in that world. Yeah. Like, they were going to save the world, save the day. Everyone loves them. They love the hero. Hero loves them. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like... Forget the franchises we got from Nintendo. That's exactly why people born in. Yeah. So I think we double down on this. We sure. need to create Kobe Tecmo self insert fantasy Warriors.
2: Sure. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I think the what people really want from all of these series you know they have their beloved characters but what none of those uh franchises have previously had is a a female coded character with incredibly large breasts uh uh, jiggle physics that are quite uh, peculiar, and, uh, and and that character being maybe in love with the the previous protagonist, and, and
3: maybe that being their entire persona. Like, indeed, yeah. Like, you you split this character into two, so there's twice as many big boob characters to sure. be madly, yeah. obsessively, no other ob- tra- traits obsessed with the hero.
2: Absolutely, we'll put them in a lot of skimpy outfits, a bit of lace. You know, really, really get that uh, sort of. Uh, Alita style, you know, it's very popular in that sort of Japanese fashion that's going on. Like,
3: why are we even connecting with Nintendo to get their properties? We should exactly. just be inserting our own nonsense.
2: I, I don't know. I, I've been working on uh, some, some ideas. I, I think we take more of these beloved franchises and we do more of that, so uh, one I've, uh, I've been batting around is... Uh... Uh, one that what a lot of a lot of people are really getting into uh, the Captain Toad series. I think that's oh. quite quite a good series. A lot of a lot of good action in there. But I suggest we just stick a uh, large-breasted uh, female-coded character in there that's like really really into Captain Toad and
3: see. I'm very glad you said uh, female-coded character there because yeah. as we all know, Toads genderless, canonically genderless. I'm yeah. glad that we are saying female-coded, yeah. not female. See, that's the kind of forward. Uh, what's that term the kids are using? Woke feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's that kind of wokeness that we need here at Koei Tecmo. Exactly.
2: You know, we we like to think that we're progressive and and and, and you know we're, we're really oh, down with the kids only... and all the latest sort of um,
1: social social movements that we're 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 going in the right direction. There.
3: Only the wokest of big boobed self insert characters.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Have you have you got any other uh, franchises we could maybe stick?
3: I I think there's only one we can do. Yeah. Uh, I think we double down on the self-insert thing. Sure, sure. Um, This property took a Nintendo property and a non-Nintendo thing, Mm -hmm. made their own Nintendo self-insert characters, and then we're going to stick our Koei Tecmo self-insert on top of that. Right. I'm thinking Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle Warriors. You're a fucking genius. (laughs) everyone, sit down, sit down, today, it's time for another, another session of the which colours do we add to the rainbow uh, um, committee.
2: Yes, it's very important. We, we think about all the different colours and whether or not they should be added to the rainbow. Obviously, we do get a lot of petitions for different colours to be added, so uh, here, here are a few uh, coming this week. Um, so, how does everyone feel about Beige. Oh, beige feels like a terribly boring colour. Can't
3: can't be doing with that. It's, it's just not. It's, it's not popping. It's not exciting. No, no can't be adding uh, beige to a rainbow. Okay, that's rejected on the beige. Uh, what about gold? Gold is a very flashy, sparkly.
2: Gold, colour. quite sparkly. A bit, bit showy, isn't it? A bit little
3: boring A little bit on the ostentatious yes, side. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. That's not much
2: no. sure. No, that's rejected. Rejected. Uh, what about what about um um grey? Grey? Oh, well, it's a bit drab, isn't it? You know, the rainbow's all about colour and excitement and, and, and nice things and grey, just uh, sort, of, sort of boring business suits, it. very, very sort of officious uh, uh, and uh, the sort of people that, that uh, accept and reject things, lots of paperwork from oh, the Very boring. Paperwork, century colour, can't be, yes.
3: be doing with that. Um, then, last up on the list, uh, we have a pair of colours, uh, oh, yes.
2: uh, 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 black and brown. Oh. Oh, very important to the rainbow. I think we should make sure that we're adding those because uh, we need to to get more more representation on the rainbow. And I think the people who are against that sort of thing probably a bit bigoted generally. Oh, indeed,
3: indeed. Well, thank you very much for another okay. meeting of the What colour Should Be on the Rainbow Committee.
2: Excellent. Excellent. What have you listened to? Oh, listen to. Listened to. Well,
3: my list of what I've been doing in the week keeps, uh, scroll, keeps scrolling. So here scroll we go. Scrolling, um, scrolling, scrolling. So I've listened to very little music this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Normally Tuesday would have been my day to listen to all the Spotify tracks, but I was, I was working in the, in the London office this week. It's a whole thing. So oh, yeah. I listened to a few podcasts this week though. So I listened to, finally got round to listening to pounded in the butt by my own podcast. Ah, Chuck Tingle. Indeed, so this is a podcast by Chuck Tingle, and for anyone who doesn't know Chuck Tingle, they are best known for writing interesting, I'll call it interesting erotica. They have written erotic stories like Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt, pounded in the butt by my book my pounded in the butt by my own butt. Yes, it's it's all like pounded in the butt by my billionaire space raptor boyfriend. It's all very silly, light-hearted, not-to-be-taken-too-seriously erotica. And he also is very well-known for... He will farm out erotica very quickly about trending news stories. Mm. So, like, if someone is in the news for being like... Right, pounded I'd... in
2: the butt by North Korea giving up nukes.
3: Yeah, exactly. Pounded up, pounded in the butt by the, the Korean agreement not to have nuclear weapons. <laughs> Things like that. And he'll turn them around in like a day from when the news happens. And basically this podcast is like every time they do an episode, it's about 45 minutes to an hour, and they will get someone that's like big in the podcasting right. world. Um, the last one I listened to was uh, Justin McElroy, I think. All right. And they would get get them to just read very dramatically one of one of Chuck Tingle's uh, erotic stories. Yeah, well it's it's not what I was expecting. I I subscribed to this podcast like when it went up, and I was like, I don't know what it is, but I've got to support it because it's Chuck Tingle. And I finally listened to it, and I was like,
2: this is just dramatic readings of weird erotica, and I'm I'm okay with that. Haven't you dramatically read some Chuck Tingle at some point? I'm pretty sure
3: I did. What Chuck Tingle did I dramatically read? I I don't. It, know. I'm it, sure it has It been must a thing have. That's it must have been pounded in the butt by my own butt, because it wouldn't have been anything else. It was the book about butts. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did dramatic reading of at least a portion of pounded <laughs> in the butt by my own butt. Um, Such a large
0: portion. <laughs> a large portion.
3: Ah, uh, so that that book. I'm trying to remember the plot as best I can, and I'm pretty sure it is scientists are trying to like
2: clone something. Yeah, trying to the do cloning butt technology. Comes to life, and it's yeah. a floating butt with a penis.
3: Yeah, and it's sentient, and like the yeah. the person whose butt was cloned to make the cloned butt. Like once it, it's like, well, you you brought like, me into existence. At least take me for dinner, and they they hit it off over dinner, and then the his butt. Yeah. sexing... yeah, his he gets pounded in the butt by the penis of his own butt clone. Butt. It's yeah. it's it's a thing. Does it
2: have little wings as well, like little it, I, cherub
3: wings. I believe it has little cherub wings. Yeah. So yeah, I I listened to podcasty type people reading Chuck Tingle novels. While I, I, I listened to part of one while I was commuting, that was a fun way. Hee hee hee! No one knows I'm listening to smut.
2: So, yeah, what about you? What did you put in your ears? I I finished listening to Red Dwarf Infinity Welcome to Careful <gasps> Drivers. On Ooh! YouTube. How was the end of it? Uh, there's there's bits about it I, I, I'd kind of forgotten. Um, it's a 30 odd year old book, or it's... thereabouts, so I don't think I'm spoiling anything for people. <clears throat> um there there is a bit where they're they're talking about um Rimmer's personalities basically. He is somebody who should never be put in a thing where all your fantasies can come true. Because <laughs> if you are somebody who doesn't really like themselves very much, they can actually find that quite a bad thing. And and there is this this I mean, from that point of view it's quite interesting that Rimmer's marriage is falling apart. That he's he's got all the wealth in the world and he's not at all happy. And meanwhile, there's Lister who basically lives in it's a wonderful Frank Capra's it's a wonderful life, uh, where he runs like the drug drug store or something, and um, like drives a Model A Ford while while um, Rimmer is driving a a fifteen foot uh, or fifty foot pitless extension limo or whatever. Um and and they comment on that and there there is a point where uh, Rimmer's uh, Rimmer gets uh, or sorry so yes uh, better than life uh, Infinite Welcome Careful Drivers ends with they've all realised they're in the simulation and they have to get out um, they are trapped in there they're dying in in real life so they have to get out. And the second book sort of pretty much starts from where that left off. The sort of concept of, well, we can't go now. We just have to stay for... We'll just stay a little bit longer and then we'll all do it in our own personal ways. And then all of a sudden there's Lister, you know, going about life in in quaint Little Bedford Falls where nothing bad ever happens. And all of a sudden this juggernaut comes through town, sideswipes things. And um, in the time that this uh, scantily clad sex worker... <laughs> Who was driving the truck is um, in prison and claiming to know Lister. Um, he's Lister's wife and takes runs off with the kids. Um, and like the town's got a, a nuclear power, a nu- uh, a nuclear waste dump and a sewage plant <laughs> and all sorts of other things. The whole place is just being infected with the nastiness of Rimmer's mind. Oh no. Um and and it it turns out that Rima at some point had had a body lost his his body, and then was put into the body of a sex worker called Trixie LaBouche. um and it's yeah, I mean it's, it's fairly typical eighties depictions of sex workers that she's not wearing very much um and she's, uh, she's got a tattoo on her thigh that's like an arrow pointing up and says, um, this way to heaven or something like this. Are,
3: are you suggesting that
2: the 80s were slightly less woke than today? Um, quite dramatically. I mean, I remember, like, Blackadder season two had that whole thing where they've got Baldrick standing on a street corner with a sign saying, get it here. Yeah. Um, and I think there's one in. I think there is another, uh, Blackadder where they mention, um, that um, ladies of negotiable affection have tattoos that say things like, get it here. Um, but there, there is quite an interesting bit in that that I'd forgotten about that was Rimmer dealing with the concept that he is currently trapped inside a woman's body. Quite literally, in this case. And the fact that initially there's a scene where he's running down a... a when they're first escaping prison, he has to run down a, a corridor and he's getting used to the fact that he's got boobs and it's very uncomfortable with not wearing a bra. Um, he gets, he, he basically after escaping from prison with the two guys that have rescued him, just treat him like absolute shit. Uh, and he gets a certain perspective on perhaps the way women are viewed. And, or, although that doesn't make it right, um, I think it's an interesting concept that a a man was perhaps being shown the error of their ways uh, through that. And, you know, perhaps that will give someone uh, an idea of a little bit of what it's like to be trans. That's sort of like, no, I'm a man. I'm honestly a man. This is just a woman's body that I I happen to have to walk around in at the moment that I don't have a choice about. (laughs) That sort of resonated with me as a trans person. I thought it was quite interesting.
3: It's it's as close to to woke as you're gonna get in the eighties. Yeah, yeah.
2: And yeah. <laughs> um, um, um. So I've just finished back then, and and obviously cats. Cats' uh, attitude toward women is, um, well, appropriately cat-like, but also very, <laughs> very squicky. Um. But of all the things that I have tried to go back and enjoy, i sort of I remember loving that as a kid. Of all the things I've tried to go back and enjoy, like Red is probably one of the least problematic it's definitely your problems yeah but like on the scale of most to least bad yeah it's on the low end yeah that's good yeah i'm i'm, I'm quite happy what, what, what else you got
3: uh so other things i've got i've been listening to a little bit of a podcast that i can't remember if i've ever brought up on this Ooh. have i ever talked about Lou Reed's the
2: internet uh, you, I know you've talked about it to me, I don't know if you've talked about it on the podcast.
3: I don't know if I have, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, because it came up again this week. So, I listened to a bit of Lou Reads the Internet for You, which is a podcast where a guy called Lou... Not Lou Reed. Not, not called... Not Lou Reed. Well, <laughs> I don't think his surname is Reed. Um, it, maybe I've just missed... Singer. Maybe there is, like, a double pun I've not noticed, but <laughs> a guy called Lou reads the internet for you, and basically he will go and find a place on the internet that is like, ah, oh, this is not a thing most people know about, and we will just read forum threads and just read them out in a nice dramatic voice, so let me find oh. a couple of examples, where is my, where is my list, I don't um, I have a list somewhere here, ooh, ooh. so recent things that he has talked about, um... A lot of times he'll read things like he'll go on trip report websites and he'll read people's uh, drug experiences, both good and uh, good and bad. Uh, he won- he recently read from a hiccupping forum of people that find it sexually harousing to hiccup. Hmm. Um, is it normal forums where people ask about like, hey, this thing is this normal? Um, I
2: could spend all day on something like that.
3: Forums for a woman who promises that if you pay her, she will cast love spells on people for you, and the people that frequent her forums. Um, the Red Pill subreddit. <laughs> I know. Um, sexinfo101.com. Um, people rating celebrity scabs. Uh, conspiracy forums I know someone who would
1: love that site
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Canadian esports reviews forums it's all just like uh, j- juggalo forums he'll just pick a thing where it's like not everyone has this perspective here's a forum, I found some interesting threads and I'm just going to try and dramatically read them and the show is surprisingly non-judgmental for the most part, it's usually just here's the topic, I'm going to read it judgment free I may occasionally crack up into a little bit of laughter if something is written and it's like, oh, that caught me off guard a little bit. Then I'll keep going. And it's generally a pretty judgment-free reading of interesting pockets of internet. Mm. Where I'm like, ha, huh, didn't know that was a
2: perspective that existed. Thank you, Lou. I mean, as long as no one's advocating Nazis, I'm generally quite interested in what uh, other people have to say. Indeed. Like, there,
3: there are certainly things where I'm like, not that it, like, good, a good example in here. He's he's done a couple of, like, fetish forums where I've been like, that doesn't work for me. Mm. But I get it now, at least. Mm. Like, I now understand balloons and hiccuping. I get what they do for people, even if they don't work for me. Because both of them are basically about the tension and build up of, ooh, a thing's gonna happen, when's it gonna happen?
2: Ah, there it goes, it oh, happened. Is that the balloon exploding thing. Yeah, where you, like, sit on balloons until oh. they pop or stuff. Not the ones where they get in the balloon and inflate them. No, I don't I don't know. That's that inflation, I think.
3: Yeah. But like, those are two things that like I previously had no understanding of, and now mm. I'm like, oh I, I guess I get that. I can mm. see what the point is. Oh. So yeah, th- that's Lou Reads the Internet. Pretty judgment free reading of just like bits of
2: the internet. Nice. Yeah. So what about you? Have you listened to anything else? Um we started listening to Lodovico Lodovico, Lodovico. How to be Kiwi Naudi's Islands album? Oh yes, yeah, bit of bit of dilation music, something quite mellow, um, sort of beautiful uh, piano moods. Um, that's quite sort of haunting and beautiful soundscapes of, of basically mostly just just piano stuff. That's uh, it's lovely. Lots lot then there's lots of it available on SoundCloud if you fancy a bit of that. Yeah. You you picked up one in particular. What was, which one was that?
3: Uh, I can find out if
2: I just quickly
3: check. Uh, I Gioni? I Gioni? I Gioni? Uh, I space G I O R N I was one that I very much was into. Uh, it's making, it made me think of another artist. I want to search for them quickly to bring them up. L. Um, an artist called Olafar Arnolds. Oh. Um, O-L-A-F-U-R space A-R-N-A-L-D-S uh, Particularly a track called Le Je- I, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation wow. Le Joso uh, L-J-O-S uh, L-J-O-S-I-O There's it's... a lot of accents over there. There's letters. a lot of accents over letters I don't know my accents well enough I know no. Accenté-Gou and accent droit I don't know which one is which Oh. I, uh, accent, accent des maybe is one in French. Uh, tell me in the comments if any of those were actual French accent marks. Um, one looks like a hat. One goes to the right, one goes to the left. Those ah. are the three primary French accents, and I don't remember which is which.
2: What's the wiggly line above? Like a tilde above her? A... I don't
3: know, because I don't think French uses it. I think ah. it's used by other European languages.
2: Yeah, I'm a little sure. Oh, anyway, let's not get into <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, so that's that's another one that's very similarly just like mm. very beautiful, plinky-plonky music. Mm. Um, the video for that one is just some nice, like, splashes of coloured ink moving through water. It's Ooh, very relaxing. Beautiful. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. So, what about you? Anything else in your ears? Uh,
2: yes. Where is my list? I listen to... uh, Cormac, Superhero. It's good caper music. Um, it's... There's been a lot of trumpet going on through my, uh... uh, Spotify this week. Um, I like that it's starting to recommend me things that I've already heard before. That's always a good sign. Um... Last uh, The other
3: week when I was recording with uh, Gavin, Miracle mm-hmm. of Sound, he was mentioning that his Spotify was starting to recommend him his own <laughs> music that he had made. I don't blame him. It makes very good music. It's
2: like, ah, you have nailed his taste in music because he made it. Ooh. But yes. <laughs> uh, so yes, that's good, cute caper music. It's um, got lots of sort of quite upbeat um uh trumpets in it and and this sort of do 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 um sort of uh beat behind it that's sort of you just you just want to go on a caper. <laughs> I need hijinks, damn it. Um Emmanuel Bravo, Roadhouse Jazz. Uh again, real nice walking beat to it. I guess I think this is where summer is coming in and uh <laughs> Spotify is like, yeah, you just want to listen to something you can walk in the sun to. Okay, I got mm-hmm. you. Uh, Roadhouse Jazz, it's got an, a nice walking beat, some jazz trumpet, um, and slightly mystical synths at a couple of points, that's quite mm-hmm. good. Um, electro Swing Sessions Band, uh, a track called Lazy Rosie, again, uh, really upbeat, uh, got a nice, sort of almost disco y, funky bass. Um, I don't know what. I think it's like slack string bass. I don't really know my musical terms. Some kind of bass. Some. It's got a really nice discoy style, funky <laughs> fat bass, um, uh, and a little bit of xylophone. It's it's pretty chill and jazzy and nice. It's, yeah,
3: is xylophone a separate? Thing? Or we, were you using it to describe one of those things in the one of the fall? It's one of the, in, one of the in, ins, ah, instruments involved I, in that track. Ah, I initially thought you were saying xylophone is like, is that the name of a band? No. Were you just
2: listening to some xylophone? Just some xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> Teehee. Coming this fall, a six CD collection. The
3: greatest xylophone tracks. <laughs> uh, I listened to one other thing this week. Tell me. Uh, again, it was digging back yeah, about 10, 15 years into my music tastes. Um, I listened to some Rise Against, who were like mid-2000s uh, rock, r- like sort of like rebel against the establishment type rock band. Um, a lot of their music videos have themes of like, hey, don't, don't do litter, don't destroy the planet, rebel against government uh, they're quite bad sometimes don't don't let the government be bad to, to other people they're vegetarian members of pet and straight edge um pretty much i don't know if they were actual peter members but they were like the kind of people who you would think might be uh, i'm it, it's yes. It's weird
2: you mention them because i was um i'd run out of things on my spotify weekly recommends um uh, mm. but i did sit down and listen to a bunch of um, Offspring I'd never heard before. Okay. I randomly wanted to listen to, um, some stuff off the Conspiracy of 1 album. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they've released other albums since I stopped giving a damn. Um, <laughs> so I had to listen to a few of those and then it sort of like tripped into a few random tracks and, and Rise Against came and I was like, I really like this. Can't remember what track it was now. I was like, I really like this. Um, I'll Google to see if they're problematic before I recommend anything.
3: I haven't Googled them in a long time, so. Um, Here's the the thing, if the worst thing that you found was, like, their their (laughs) Peter people, it's like, okay, that probably comes from a a place of goodwill of they want to be nice to animals, even if Peter themselves are bad for animals. Yeah, like, if someone supports Peter, I'm not going to assume that they're necessarily bad. I would but, question
2: whether or not they, they know everything there is to know about Peter.
3: Yeah, that is that is fair. But like, I conduct animals and kill them. Pretty much, it's it's like, yeah, we could rehome this pet, but pets are wrongs. Oh, no, 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 no. Them.
2: Pet ownership is slavery.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's yes, this is someone's pet, and, and we've re- rehabilitated it, and um, it's better for us to kill it yes, rather than and let it, it be anyone's pet. Indeed, it's nah, Peter. Uh, tricky but um yeah i went back and listened to a bunch of a they're bunch of their... fat phobic and transphobic oh are they mm. oh i didn't know that bit what, oh, what fat phobic transphobic stuff have they done oh google it it's, uh, uh, we I... don't need to get into that but it is a thing that they've done so the one thing i was going to say is i putting aside the fact that they're apparently a bit iffy um I did not Google
2: them. Uh, Petter, um, not, not Rise Against, by the way. Pardon? Oh, Petter. Oh, about Petr, oh I thought you were on about
3: Rise Against. No, no, okay. Petter. Oh, I'm, thank goodness. I'm still an awful, no. awful. Okay. Petr, no. I momentarily <laughs> thought you meant for <laughs> no, no, Rise okay. Against, no, no, fatphobic a... and transphobic. No, no, no. no.
2: I, I don't know if that is the case with them. I, 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 had a look around. I couldn't find anything. Okay. Particular. Thank you for thank you for the clarification. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went
3: and listened to like some tracks that I remembered of theirs from like back in the day, stuff like sort of saviour, that sort of era. I ended up also listening back to their album The Violence, which is like a much more recent album. Like, it might be... uh, uh, Sorry, The Violence is a track off of an album. I'm terrible terrible at the names, but it was their 2017 album I went back and listened to, and it's surprisingly really good. Like, they have done a lot to sort of grow up their sound, and they're one of the few, like, bands that I listened to a decade or more ago that I listen to now, and I'm like... You all sound evolved, and I still enjoy listening to you Ooh. and the stuff you're making now. Heck, I like, I think they're in a group with maybe like Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco's like modern stuff is good.
2: I need to go back and listen. We mentioned them in the very first episode, did we? we still have not been back and listened to more. They Panic they of the put Disco. out
3: a new song relatively recently Ooh. that I put on my Spotify. What is it called, so I can recommend it? The one that was quite good. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, Say Amen, brackets, Saturday Night, from their new album Say Amen for the Silver Linings. It's a very, very good, like, little bit of rock, little bit of dance in it, like, combo mashup track. It's got a very, like, good I-want-to-move-to-this-energy. So, yeah, I enjoyed Rise Against, and I enjoyed Panic! at the Disco, and we should Mm -hmm. go back and listen to both at some point. So, yeah... Is that everything we've listened to? That is everything we've <gasps> listened to. Well, in that case, time for this bit. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome in, welcome in. Um, this is uh, this is that uh, the, the property that uh, we we're talking about on the phone. Um, uh, this is this is uh, the best property you're gonna find in your price range. As a millennial stay in the housing market. It's a bit more
2: snug than I was expecting. Um, we don't call
3: it snug, we call it uh, cosy. It's very convenient in that all of your amenities are in arm's reach. You don't have to get out of bed to do
2: anything in the property. No, in fact, I'm not sure I can fit a bed in here.
3: Um. Well, there is definitely room for a soft, uh, something like a dog bed you can sort of curl up on and then put a blanket over yourself. It's certainly... There uh, are an upgrade on not having a home. I one would say.
2: Um, I'm not sure I could even fit a small puppy in this place. Well,
3: well, let me let me continue telling you about um all of the the amenities before you before you sign off. I I promise you this is this is about as good as you're going to get in the housing market these days. Um, you've got um a ceiling installed, uh, running water supply. It looks like there's a leaking pipe. No, no, no. That is a uh, designed feature. You have a constant supply of water on hand. Uh, let's also tell you about the uh, the transport links. As, as you probably noticed, it's very
0: close to good transport links.
2: Terrifyingly so.
3: Yes. It's um. It's it's mere mere millimeters from. The
2: nearest train. Yes, I, I had noticed that last time it went past. Um, in fact, I think another one might be coming through in a minute. The,
3: the, the station's a bit further on, but the, the, the tracks are here. Um, and then on top of that, uh, you don't you don't need a, fr- a fridge or a freezer. Uh, your food will be able to stay, fridge and freezer, stable, just in the property...
1: Is this just a box of porn that someone's thrown the porn out of that was dumped next to the train tracks?
3: Um, what we would say here is that your property does come, uh, don't come pre-prepared with uh, free pornographic material for your pleasure. It's art.
2: Did you want it? Um, do you have any other
1: properties I can see that accept
2: pets?
3: Oh, oh, oh! didn't know you wanted to accept pets. I've not got anything in your budget that accepts pets. Even the Chris Packet don't accept pets.
0: Oh, i rather pin my hopes on that Chris Packet.
1: <laughs> it was vegan. <laughs> Frank oh I'm all right I'm all right yeah yeah you uh you you were uh, coming out of the weekend gonna see you down at the club uh raving it up all night yeah
0: yeah I'm actually quite looking forward to having a, a nice night out actually yeah.
1: awesome awesome are you uh gonna be uh bringing anyone with you Huh? Oh yeah, I'm going with quite a few friends actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Is uh, Charlie going to be with you? No, you know, you no know, Charlie going to be with you.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Charlie's a good mate. I'll uh, be, I'll be there with Charlie. Yeah, uh, Molly, you, you got, you got Molly with you? Yeah, yeah, Molly, Molly's out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lu- any, any chance of Lucy
0: turning up? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucy's, Lucy's part, part of the group chat.
1: Yeah. Oh awesome. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's. Real. How about the Lillans? You, you heard about the Lillans? They, they, they uh, got,
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone's, everyone's. Coming. This is, I'm having just a really nice chill
1: night out Awesome, awesome, that's brilliant So how much will I owe you for that, look? What? You, you know, for all the You know, all the, all the What? You know, all the Friends we're bringing
0: Yeah, I'm going out with my Friends, that don't cost you Money for me Hang out with my friends
1: Oh, you actually Meant friends
0: Yeah yeah, I'm going out with my friends Charlie and Lucy and Molly. What
1: What were you all about? Uh, I think I might have the wrong Frank. Do you want to answer
2: questions? I really, really do. Then I'll go on Twitter and look at the things that I asked about earlier, and I'll double check you. Oh no, I did a tiny sneeze. A tiny sneeze. So, we have some questions this week. We do. Do we Future Fishy on Twitter wants to know, What is your favourite overused troop Trope... troop troop Trope... 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 Remix. What is your favourite overused trope in media?
3: So, overused trope is a tricky one to say favourite, because if you get to the point where you feel it's overused, it's maybe an issue, but... I am a big fan of, like, I know it's really cheesy, but I'm a really big fan of MacGuffins, like the item that turns up out of nowhere and just conveniently saves everything, because this should tell you something about my TV and like film consuming habits, is I'm a really anxious watcher of things, like I told you this story recently, the most recent season of Orange is the New Black, I stopped watching like five episodes before the end because everything had been going really well for all these characters I was invested in and I could see it was all going to go badly and everything was going to end wrong and sadly for them. Mm. So I just stopped watching because my heart couldn't take it. And there's a little bit of me that like, I may complain and critique fairly that like, it's bad in media when there's no tension because it's like, ah, we know it's all going to work out. But there's also a little bit of me that really likes the reassurance that, like, a nice plot convenience MacGuffin provides, where I'm like, it's okay, I'm feeling the tension right now, but I know it's all going to be fine. I like to, I like to know that eventually things will be okay. Mm. And, you know, it's bad, don't overdo it, I will complain about it still, but I secretly kind of love
2: a good MacGuffin. Mm. What about you? I don't have a good answer to this, because I... Until recently, I didn't start really thinking about the things I consumed. I just go, I like this. I don't really care. I don't care that it, in in some cases, is formulaic or whatever. There's just something I like about it that I don't care to examine any more of, and I will sit and enjoy it, and over and over again and over again. Recently, as I... I suppose I've got a bit more woke. Um... (laughs) um i have been thinking about things I consume more, but I haven't got to a point where it's like I recognize that these are the things I like. I still don't even know what makes me laugh that
3: That's totally fair <laughs> like I know I know there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people I know who are like you who just enjoy things without thinking too much about them, yeah. and I honestly like kind of envy that like it. It sucks when it's like, oh, I see this trope happening, and now I can't enjoy this thing.
2: Ugh. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I went to high school with someone who then went on to study um, like media at college, and he had this amazing appreciation for all sorts of films, and and would sort of sit with me and, and talk about like the way things were shot and the lighting yeah. and colours of things. In the That's actually pretty cool. There is a whole level to this film I'd never appreciated. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to stick that on while I play this and listen to that. (laughs) Because, I I don't know, a lot of it is just noise to shut my brain up. Yeah,
3: that's fair. Like, for me, media growing up was very much... It was a gateway safety topic that allowed me to connect with people. And, like, I found that if I and someone else shared an interest in a thing... Mm. That that would mean we could talk, and that was very helpful for someone that really struggled with that. And mm. I think it's sort of a, my my attitude to media really evolved from that. The more I know about this topic, the more the longer this conversation can go, and the mm. the more I can continue to connect over this. Yeah. And it really did turn me into a person who deep dives on the things I'm interested in, mm. so that. I can extend those conversations about them. Mm. And, like, it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea of how to ingest media, but, like, being very, like, aware of all of the, the minute things about why I liked or didn't like something mm. helped me connect with
2: the world, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think my problem with whatever mental health issue it has been that's probably still undiagnosed um, is that I. I didn't really care about connecting with other people, I needed noise to stop my brain thinking and something to do with my hands, which was usually I will put on whatever film happens to be in the VCR, and mm. I will play with Lego.
3: I I had a combination of needing to shut up my brain and needing to be doing things, but also I still mm. needed contact, mm. like... I needed connection with people, even if I found it really draining and really difficult to do, mm. and I didn't quite get how to do it. Yeah, I still struggled if I didn't have that. Mm. I I felt that isolation, so which I think is like maybe a difference, but Ooh.
2: yeah. We got massively off the topic of that question, That's all right. but I think we went good places. I think we went good places. Next question. Uh, W2 on Twitter wants to know your thoughts on Nintendo not doing virtual Console.
3: I think it's a ridiculous idea, honestly. Um, I've said this for a while. Nintendo has an absolute goldmine of a, of a back catalogue that any... <sighs> If they ever have a piece of hardware, like the Wii U, that is absolutely failing and is just not doing well and they need to get people buying, their back catalogue of, of basically old ROMs and working emulators they are doing nothing with, and if they put out a box and was like, hey, here's every NES, Super, uh, Super NES N64 game that we have the licences to, that we don't have to pay external companies to get the licences for, here they are, on on that box you own a subscription fee to have Netflix-style access to all of them, it's sell like hotcakes. Yeah. I, like, if you look at Xbox's um, Game Pass subscription, which is here is all our first-party games, plus a load of old stuff, access it like Netflix, I honestly imagine Nintendo would be the first company to do that, and I think it's more ridiculous than ever considering that their new system is a high-powered handheld. Is like, that
2: not basically what the new system is is sounding like it's going to be, though? Because, mm. as I understand it, virtual console is just so, that. You can go into the shop, you can buy individual games. Some of them might have some, some tweaks to them, but generally they are the games you knew and loved as a Ute. Well, here's the thing. So, what they
3: have announced for the Switch is... Nothing. <laughs> well, okay. So, to, to very quickly finish my point, um, a high-powered gaming handheld is perfect for a, re- a retro catalogue because... Definitely. Portable is when you want to play those, like, bite-sized old experiences. Um, what they have announced for the Switch's online service is it's called NES Online Game Subscription, which suggests that they're not thinking of doing more than NES games. Mm. And it's, here is at launch, like, a year and a half after the Switch launched, here is ten NES games, some of which have online play, will trickle some more out at some
2: point. But it's... they haven't mentioned anything about any other system. Yeah. I think a lot of people were hoping that there would be some GameCube stuff.
3: Yeah, like, here's the thing, like, if they'd said, even just, hey, it's gonna start with 10 NES games, every month we're gonna add 10 more games, we're gonna do best of NES, Super NES, and N64, we won't take games off the service, we'll just keep adding new ones on. Over the, over the months, we're gonna build, build this up into basically oh. the virtual console, but as a subscription plan. That I'd be on board with. Mm. But basically, 10 NES games, no plan for when you'll get more, no plan for when there'll be additional systems. Mm. It's so ridiculous because they have so many good games at their disposal that they could be using to make money.
4: Yeah.
3: Like... I I would kill to have portable Ocarina of Time on a thing just because I fucking love that game and I will yeah. buy it that on I- everything. That exists. Yeah. Yeah, but I want it I want it on the on the big one. one on the big one? Want on
2: the, big one. Want on the big one with the nice screen. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have the awful, horrible C stick.
3: Yes, exactly. It's it's
2: like oh, there's a proper system that's portable. I want uh, <laughs> I want it on I want that. that. I, I desperately wanted to enjoy uh Ocarina um 3D. Yeah. Um and I, I so literally someone gave me their um, 3DS because they're like I don't play it, i played pretty much everything I want on it and that came with Ocarina of Time as a cartridge and then pretty much every single other Zelda game as uh, downloaded versions from the shop and I I sat down and played most of them but that um, controller stick on the first generation 3DS is just too stiff to comfortably sit and play something like Ocarina where you are very often sitting in one direction for long periods of time.
3: Yeah, that's totally fair. Like I loved what they did with the character models. On it's it's a beautiful version of that
2: game. It, it looks like your childhood memories of it. Yes, are, exactly. I think
3: I just want that 3ds port of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. To stick it on the Switch. Yeah,
2: and 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 fuck, do it as a double pack. Yeah. I, I I would love to play Majora's Mask
3: again. Yeah, I I I just think it's silly that Nintendo doesn't make more use of this. Mm. Catalog that costs them like for their first-party stuff. It costs them nothing to stick in a, a ROM
2: and an emulator on the store. And then, how much would it, it cost them to basically? Rip off somebody else's emulator. I'm not ashamed of saying that that's a good idea, but, but these are people that are encouraging people to uh, pirate their software in the first place. So, a little <laughs> bit of give and take, perhaps.
3: Yeah. So that's, that's a thing. But, uh, what's our next question? Our
2: next question comes from, uh, um, <laughs> I hope I don't mispronounce this, uh, Anja Bech on Facebook. Uh, any plans to come to Denmark? Uh, Denmark is where the Lego is. It's so where the den- leg- Lego originated from.
3: So I'm sure at some point we will go to Lego to, 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 to Denmark Lego. to see Lego things. Proper Lego Land, not Windsor. Yeah,
2: Jane likes Lego. We I should probably Lego. go to the Lego place at some point. I, I've been. I've actually been to oh. Lego Land, Denmark. It's one of the the, the few foreign her- holidays I had with my alone with my dad as a child. Oh, heck. We stayed in a terrifying guest house full of terrifying people. It smelled strange. There was not a single vegetable on the entire holiday. <laughs> we will find a place
3: that is not terrifying and that has vegetables and is near the good Lego place.
2: Uh, the four days that we were away We, we went on a ferry as well <laughs> On a ferry to Denmark We had to be strapped into the beds for fear of being f- f- falling off It was scary bunk bed cabins In fact most of that holiday terrified me We will find a nice <laughs> way to do the Denmark holiday one day uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ate anything but hot dogs For breakfast, lunch and dinner the entire time I was there We will find you a vegetable Hey <laughs> mustard's not a vegetable <laughs> <laughs> What's name? Um, but yeah um, the, the bits of Denmark I saw I was probably too young to appreciate I really enjoyed Legoland though um, <laughs> The next question from the same person is How do you self-care when things get too much? Self-care
3: is a tough one to do uh, it, it depends when and how But I... I try and let myself take time by myself in bed just listening to stuff sometimes. Sometimes like I just want to lie down, put on a thing, close my eyes and just focus on sound, sometimes that, that helps. Sometimes I'll go back and play or watch something that I've played or watched goodness knows how many times, that I just know inside out and can just know what's coming with. And sometimes I'll just put music on that I know inside out and just listen on loop for a while. Like those those are like the, the big like activity things that come to mind. Also just cuddling up to you and, and doing a snookle. Mm. And and being like, No feelings and I'll give you a hug
2: and sometimes that helps. Mm. What about you? Um well apart from the, the lovely huggins. Um <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't tend to really do self-care. I tend to just shove it all down until it explodes. I'm trying to make sure you I, do
3: less of this. I
2: don't know. I talk to you a bit now. Well, yeah. better than I used to be.
3: You're improving. You're getting there.
2: Um, I tend to, <laughs> if... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, of actual genuine self-care things I do. Well, I, I suppose one of the ones I quite like to do is just go and sit in a dark room with not too much external stimulus and just have a cry. Sometimes it helps to just have a cry. It really does help to just have a cry sometimes. And as someone that's spent a lot of time sort of going, No, don't cry. <laughs> Let I... no one see you cry ever.
3: I will sometimes, when I feel like a cry, put on music that I know is going to make me cry and keep me crying, because I'm like, I'll oh, get it out of my system. I know that this okay. is in the short term making me like more sad and more cry, but I'll get the feelings out and then it's, I'll feel better.
2: I think it's important to have the cry. Um, yeah. And as, as someone who spent a lot of time sort of repressing all the crying and then going through quite a long time, slightly pre, 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 pre transition of being like, I actually cannot cry. It does not matter how upset I am about things. Tears don't happen. Don't know why. Um. So yeah, have a bit of a cry. Um. I, I feel. Can like... I say the other thing? Can I say what the other thing is? Hmm, probably not. I think <laughs> probably some young people listen to this show, and 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 and, and it, that that shouldn't be encouraged in any way. <laughs> I thought of at least one thing that I can't say about like ah, oh, what do I do when I'm when I'm stressed and want to just. Turn my brain off and tune the world out. (laughs) Um, Pretty pretty, pretty colours in swirly patterns make me happy.
3: Yeah. I'll leave
2: it at that. Anyway. They're um, they're pretty good, huh? I enjoy pretty colours and swirly patterns and rainbow static coming out of the walls. Anyway, (laughs) um, Hawk Krishna, the lovely hawk, uh, on Facebook wants to know, what is your opinion on Florida?
3: Florida. I went there once when I was eight years old... (laughs) Here is the entirety of what I remember. The place I was staying had a swimming pool in the back garden. Same. Yeah. We had donuts for breakfast. I went to Disney a bunch. Mm. It was really hot and sunny. Mm. I was eight. That's what I remember. Disney was great. Donuts for breakfast, swimming pool in the
2: back garden. I was there for like three weeks. That's what I remember. I was 14, my parents were just breaking up, Uh, well, like physically not living in the same house anymore. Um, When I got home I was moving in with my uh, maternal parent and and her soon-to-be husband. Um, My dad was drinking more, maternal parent was drinking a lot more, Uh, I think it was the first time I ever saw him cry. Um, but yeah, we went to Florida, stayed in Kissimmee. I had waffles a lot, um, and, and <laughs> developed a lifelong love of waffles that has just never quite been satiated since moving back to this, or since, since coming back to this country. Um, we went to a red lobster. That's a thing. Um, we went to a bookshop, I remember, just off Swan Lane, which is quite near the Orlando Resort, and I bought a printed uh, a softback book uh, guide to the original Sim City. I I was a
3: very tall eight year old. I was tall enough to go on all the big scary rides at Disney while being eight, and Oof. I went on the Terror of Terror once with one of my parents. That wasn't allowed. Um, and they they were like, "No, nah, not going on that again." And I was like, "I want to go on it again, though." So I went on it again with one of the Disney staff. Um, and they gave me a free picture from my ride because they were like. Oh yeah, I can brave going on this again. Um, when I was, like, just a little tiny eight-year-old, just like,
2: yeah, well, I go on all the rides!
3: Oh. Uh, I went on Space Mountain. That was, I was great. I went on Space
2: Mountain, yeah. Pardon? I went on Space Mountain. That was oh, good. High five. I enjoyed Epcot. I went round um, the, what is it, World of Tomorrow thing? Oh, the, yes. The, the ride that's really easy to get in, because everyone else thinks it's really boring. <laughs> um, I went on that twice, like, consecutively. I think I might have gone on that, like, the next day as well. I, I remember...
3: First Space Mountain, because I was eight, I did most of the queue and then got really scared and had to ask to leave the queue because Aww. it all got a bit too intense and overwhelmed. There was just a bit too much happening and Aww. I don't think it was even a fear. I think it was just, I got overwhelmed Aww. and I was like, oh, no, no. And then I asked very nicely, and they let me go back up to near the front of the queue. Ooh. So I was like, I did the whole queue, and then I got overwhelmed.
2: Can I come back in? Yeah, I suppose um, that is the thing. Um, I remember did, we did uh, Epcot, which I really enjoyed. Um, Typhoon Lagoon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Universal Studios, uh, Magic Kingdom. And I think there was one other as well, but I can't remember which. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, the Disney bit was good. Well, it was in, it was enjoyable. As a fourteen-year-old, um, I l- I drank lots of root beer. Love root Heck. beer. Don't really get it in this country. Love root beer.
3: We've we we've had it once in where uh, we are now.
2: It's very hard to get, and even harder to get vegan. Yeah. Um. What's what's the brand we got that's vegan? Can't remember off the top of my head. But we'll we'll it, mention it, it it is, if it we have it again. We'll mention it. When I was young, there was a place down the road for me in in. Wimbledon Chase that used to do IBC root beer and that tasted amazing and being a huge fan of uh, Monkey Island and Monkey Island 2 at the time I had to drink root beer (laughs) you know to fight off the ghosts (laughs) Do we have any other questions? Many questions Kit Addison from Facebook wants to know Would you rather pet one rat sized duck bat or 100 duck bat sized biggest rat?
3: So for anyone who's confused by this question, Oof. Dice Funk Season 4, we've right. recently encountered an animal called a duck bat. <laughs> um, I will always answer questions about one, one huge thing or many of the small thing with... I am more confident in my ability to take down many of a small thing than I am in my ability to take on one of the big things. The big oh. thing might actually pose me a threat... As long as I keep on top of it, the the small things are fine. I can deal with them one by one.
2: Oh, rats are cute, though. Rats are lovely. I've I've lived in houses with pet rats before. That like, oh, they are. I've the lived page. in houses with rats too.
3: I I don't want to to fight either the either the duck There's No pet.
2: What? What's your pet? No oh, which would I rather
3: pet? Sorry. Just petting them. I apologise. My mind goes to me. <laughs> would you the, rather
2: fight 100 duck-sized yeah. horses? Or yeah. In
3: horse my mind, cats? I heard this is fight 100 duck-sized horses or the mm-hmm. horse-sized ducks no, or whatever. We, we, no, we're just doing oh, petting. Oh, then I have to pet the giant duck bat. Because ducks are adorable and, like, I am up for, like, the gothic equivalent of
2: ducks. No, it's a giant rat. You get to pet a giant oh, the... rat or a 100... <gasps>
3: Even better, I get to, I get to
2: pet a 100, 100 duck bat sized. <gasps> yeah. I did terribly at answering this question, didn't I? That's one rat bat. sized duck bat. Oh no, sorry. It is one rat sized duck bat. Okay, I, I one, got confused there. I will
3: pet the one duck sized. What was it? Rat sized duck.
2: Bat. Rat sized duck bat. Yeah, That'll it's be a bit small.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll pet the tiny old duck bat. Oh. I imagine the the the, the, the 100
2: Duck bat-sized rats would be slightly bigger, more sort of, because like, I imagine the duck bat sort of being about duck length and yeah. having sort of duck body shape, but with the floofy chest that you yeah. get on a, on a bat, and maybe the 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 more more maybe here's, the more the more batty wings. Here's
3: my problem with the petting the hundred rats. Rats, while adorable, they like biting. Mm. You maybe, well just, you keep them fair. maybe just badly socialized or whatever, but mm. like. I'm picturing myself getting bitten by a hundred rats and I don't like that thought.
2: See, the reason I would object to the rats is that I know that friendly rats will take possession of you and that means you're going to get peed on.
3: Ah, yeah. I'm not into rat pee. Let's let's pet the duck, bat
2: Let's pet the duck, bat the There you go. Thank <laughs> you. I hope that answered your question. Um, Ostergal on the Discord group wants to know what kind of Bond villain would you be? Or hench person? Or villain adjacent persons?
3: I would be one where I, 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 I turn around in the chair with my, oh, a bit of this voice, I suppose. I turn around in the chair, Smokey is stroking my cat's smudge, and I go to the superhero who's turned up. I've been expecting you. Now, are you ready to find out what kind of evil scheme I've been up to? I'm going to mildly inconvenience you. I've reshuffled your cupboards so that they're not quite the way they were before, and I've rearranged your filing cabinet. And you're going to have to take some of the, fu- the drawers out and put them back in the other place. <laughs> I'm just going to be a villain of mild inconvenience because, you know, you can threaten to kill a you know a James Bond type. They're not going to die. They'll find some way out of it. But if you rearrange all their stuff, it's going to really annoy them to the point that they're going to they're going to have to just. Ju- gonna have to deal with it and that's gonna take some time that gives me time to do my evil scheme
2: what about you um well let's lie and say it was a dream but i once had this dream where uh i was a a super villain called the janiac who fought in uh lots of rainbow tie-dye and and used poi as weapons and basically fought against the forces of bigotry with um several pounds of spinning rice balls um yeah i was basically fighting racists and turfs and um right wingers uh yeah but yeah let's say that was a dream um lily's oh fuck i've written this down really badly i'm sorry lily uh i don't know if that's an a or an o it's not that i can't pronounce your name it's that i can't read my own writing i think it's sowalski I'm really sorry. Uh, why are kink games on Steam so bad? Um, this has got to be one for you. Uh,
3: kink games, yeah. uh, generally, because like for the longest time, Steam had like no sex games policy at all. Um, the way around it was to like s- sell the game with none of the sex stuff in, and then provide executable files you could add on on the developer's website. Candy like pop. Yeah, a bunch of stuff like that. Um, generally the way that Steam's uh, policies on sex games work now is that you can have mature content in your games, but there's a lot of restrictions on what you can and can't include, which generally revolve around stuff like UK um, acceptable pornography Um, guidelines and the fact that Steam is a worldwide distribution platform Um, and they sell their games in every country. Um, Generally, like, Kink games in general, are not mainstream, and like Steam doesn't want the association of putting a game up on their platform that advocates or you know doesn't just isn't an isn't outwardly facingly against weird, unique sexual things that they might then have to defend when like Fox News in America goes ooh, this place where all your kids are buying games, it's got games about this weird sex thing that you think's weird, you conservatives. Get get angry at Steam. Not the developer of the game. Get angry at Steam.
2: Newsflash next week. Conservative (laughs) Republican representative is caught doing Doing that thing and worse. Yeah,
3: so, like, basically it's Steam doesn't want to get the blame if like conservative right wing people get like, oh, you have this sex thing on your store, so you try and keep it very vanilla sex. Um, Ooh. in terms of games that I think did make it to Steam that have kink content that are like pretty good, mm. the one I always recommend to people is Lady Killer in a Bind. Mm. Uh, it's not without its problems. Um, there yeah. are th- it has its problems, but I very much enjoy its depictions of its. Queer-coded BDSM scenes. I think that those scenes and the like, the the presentation of the power dynamics at play is really interesting and quite sexy. Yeah. Um, it's not a perfect game by any means, but it's the best you're probably going to find on Steam if you're looking for kink stuff. I enjoyed your playthrough. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. It was very fun. Uh, so any other
2: questions?
3: That's it. That's it.
2: That's it. That's, that, that's it. That's, 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 that's the <laughs> end now. Do you know what I want to see more of?
0: What do you want to see more of? I
2: want to see more of, want to see more of, want to see more of Bro, she just is glorious. do before be familiar Studio audience.
1: How are you doing there, Barry? Oh, I'm, I'm not too bad, you know, uh, yeah, sun's out, uh, well... Small rabbits out. I saw a rabbit in the park. Oh, yeah, that was lovely. Oh, I
0: know. It's pro. I, I saw one too. Yeah. Proper, proper cute. It, uh, it opted in, in into the bushes. I, uh, I told, I told my partner.
1: Yeah.
0: It opted into the undergrowth. Ah, oh, oh, nice one,
1: nice one. Got another good pun. Yeah, absolutely Well, good pun.
0: I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good you mentioned your son. I've been yeah. having, I've been doing so much better recently because, like, sun's been out. Yeah. Here in the UK and. I always forget, I always forget in the winter, how much importance, you know, having fresh air, sunshine, and some good nature around is really helpful
1: for my mental health. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, like, don't really think about it too much, but, uh, I mean, it's bad enough that things are cold, but... It's, it's strange how just like that lack of sun can really mess with my mood, you know. And I think it's quite important to make sure that you at least like like twenty minutes in the sun if you can. And I, I know there's people with all sorts of reasons, but if you can drag yourself in the first place, that can really be a massive uh, boost for for mental health. And I want to be
0: clear, this is not uh, this is not me doing one of them like you know this isn't an antidepressant, that's, that's me. oh, the forest is your antidepressant. Oh no, definitely, if you're
1: prescribed drugs, you should take your drugs, it's important to take your meds. I'm I'm not
0: saying that, like, you know, go outside, is a cure for depression, I'm just saying, it is, is not an unhelpful thing, when the weather is good, to just go and have, like, ten minutes where it's like, I'm breathing some fresh air that's not a sterile air in my office. It's an excellent mood lifter. Exactly. The sky's blue. There's a nice green field. I can look at them plants. It just recharges me a bit. Like Absolutely. I know there's like, the stuff on paper like vitamin D from the sun and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> D. Um, oh, I like getting that D. I like but, the D, yeah. But, like, sometimes just... Even if I'm doing the same thing as I would be doing at home, even if I'm just like watching a thing on my phone or like listening to a podcast, just having some fresh air in me lungs, it just gets my body a bit like just reset a bit.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think uh, if you can get outside in the sun and sit somewhere a bit bit green and grassy, or go for a walk somewhere a bit bit green, I think that really does. Uh, does, does, it certainly does me a lot of good. Yeah. Like, don't get me don't get me wrong. Like I'm saying, it's not a replacement for for taking your meds if, if that's what you need to get to get on. But on top of that, you know, it's a nice mood lifter it, in in, in, yeah. in its own separate and quite pleasant if, way. If I can,
0: can't always, you know, make myself do it. But when the weather's nice, I try and just put on a podcast. Even if I'm only out for fifteen minutes, go take a three four minute walk, sit down for five five ten minutes. Three, four minute walk home, sorted.
1: Yeah, I mean, and uh, although it's not always, uh, you know, distance-wise good for to find somewhere green, but certainly if you can get out in the sun, you know, expose your skin to it a little bit, if, you know, as, as long as you've got no medical reason not to, maybe uh, slap a bit of uh, sunscreen on, you know, certainly give it a look. Try and, try and get, you know, 20 minutes of of, of, yeah. uh, of daylight a, a day. It's, it's, it's genuinely quite good for you.
0: Even if you can't, if you if you're staying at home, open curtains or blinds. You know, it can make a big difference. You get some natural light in, the, in from one of those light yeah. bulbs.
1: Open, open the window as well. You know, get some fresh air in because it's, it's important that you're not just breathing your own farts all day.
0: Oh, exactly. Well, it's been a good, chat. It's Oof. always good catching up with you.
1: Always, always. Well, I, I am. You know, this has inspired me. I think I'm going to go out for for a little walk in the sun myself. Oh, you?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna properly enjoy my next one. Oh, soaking up
1: that D. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to twenty minutes of D. <laughs> nice, nice so this is the end bit now then that's the end bit
3: right now how how do we do the end bit you you know how to start the end bit
2: um i say that i am maniac janiac on youtube and twitter i can be found as janiac magnet on soundcloud and i can be found on StoneMonkeyRadio.blog, which it says on my tits today which smell faintly of coleslaw but that (laughs) was a sandwich based accident from earlier um, same for his spicy pulled jackfruit wraps. They're pretty good. Oh, heck. It's he like barbecued pulled pork, but vegan. Yeah, I mean, this is mainly nice, tasty squish and sort of a coleslawy vibe to it. It's not that spicy. In fact, nah. it's not at all spicy. They will have to rip one open and fill it with sriracha one day. <laughs> mm, sriracha. And then you say what you do.
3: Me? I can be found at Laura K Buzz most places on the internet, Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on YouTube. On top of that, you can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. I wrote about Forgotten Anne this week. Uh, slightly more uh, spoilers, but not much. It's very like early game spoiler stuff. You can also find me on Dice Funk, which is a D&D podcast, 5th edition. I am on seasons 3 and 4. They're all self-contained stories. Uh, we're planning season 5 at the moment, uh. and um I'm just going to say... <gasps> no, don't no, say No, 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 I'm not saying the, the whole thing. There's going to be someone very cool on Season 5 that I'm excited to be podcasting with, so... Mm. I'm very
2: excited for you to podcast with, too.
3: Yeah, so Season five's going to be fun. Mm. Uh,
2: but yeah, go check out
3: Seasons 3 and 4. I should note, if you listen to Season 3, I don't show up to, like, 8 episodes in, so don't worry if you start listening to Season 3 and go... There's no Laura on this. There
2: is. Oh, just you wait. So there is.
3: Oh, just you wait till I turn up. There's
2: bein' the place up. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's everything.
3: Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, be a stranger.